This podcast is brought to you by Rehoy and Son, big supporters of local sport. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. It's a bit of a new coach special because we now know who will be leading Guernsey's men and women at this summer's Ireland Games. We'll hear from Tony Vance, who has been confirmed as the manager of the Ireland's men, and Anna Govine and Katie Watson, who say they want to reignite the women's game locally after taking over following the resignation of Richard Sutton. We're there to give the girls an experience, as Katie said, something to ignite women's football in Guernsey. Um, whether we get results in the games, um, you know, obviously it would be a nice to have, but this is a start of something. If people can see us in Guernsey playing football and trying to compete and being organised and doing all the right things, then res- results sometimes are a bit irrelevant. Um, and, you know, we'll then look forward to seeing how we can progress the girls further. Elsewhere, it's been another great week for Alex Scott. When isn't it at the moment? Um, More on him to come. Plus, we'll reflect on everything going on as our season draws to a close. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me is Gareth Deprevo. Hi, Tony. Uh, Great to see you, Gareth. Um, Yeah, (laughs) finally, we uh, have a bit of clarity on who's going to be in the dugouts, um, well, both for the Ratties and the Island Games uh, in a few weeks' time. Probably one of the worst kept secrets and and, and someone you wouldn't have wanted to bet against taking over as uh, as Island Men's uh, manager, Tony Vance has, has, uh, has finally confirmed he'll be doing the job. Yeah, I think he's the, the longest odds-on favourite for any job ever going in, in any sport, I think, to be honest. It was uh, it didn't come as a surprise, let's put it that way. Well, let's hear from Tony Vance now. Um, GFA confirmed this morning um, that he will be the uh, manager, as we say, of the Island's men, assisted by Colin Fallais and Kevin Gilligan. And Gareth, you spoke to him a little earlier on. Well, Tony, you, you've decided to take the role of Marathi and Island Games manager on. Um, Obviously, it's something you said that you'd been asked to consider a while back. When did you actually sort of finally come to the decision to, to take it on? Probably over the weekend, really, I think, um, or just before. Uh, obviously, I think, obviously, everyone knows I wanted to try and get GFC safe. That was so important to me, to the club and and um, my energy levels. Um, and uh, fortunately, we managed to do that a few weeks back. Um, and then, interesting enough, uh, obviously, you know, I, I said all along, obviously, if there's someone else available, but um, it doesn't look like anyone's jumped out there. Um, I do know that Fowl actually said to me a couple of weeks ago that he he went to the GFA and said, look, I'm there. If you don't get anybody, I'm there. If Tony can't do it or not able to do it, I'm there. So, you know, he was sort of, he's put his sort of hat into the ring, which is brilliant. And he spoke to me and asked me if I was going to do it. And, you know, ultimately... As I said, we had the relegation thing, but I also had some some personal family stuff that that's that I think I've sorted. Um, that's that's the kind of caveat is that you know obviously in in the off season break this is where I've got to be able to do do some stuff and and uh, there were some sort of family things that needed to be taken care of and sorted, which I think I've got um, arranged now. So um, so yeah, so um, here I am. And the fact that it's such a big year for Guernsey, with it being home island games as well, I mean, how excited are you to, to take on this challenge now? Yeah, I, I'm excited, yeah. No, it, it, I'm not sure that's the right word at the moment, but I will be. I'll, I'll get there. Uh, you know, I think it's important or imperative that we had somebody and, and people that are able to do the job. Um, and sort of myself and Fowl 
we've 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 got had the experience, so it's it's not something that we're going to be shying away from. You know, as I said, Fowl put his hat in the ring a couple of weeks ago and, and said he was there, and you know we certainly didn't want to see the GFA or, or Guernsey, you know, not have anybody. And, and as I said, nobody was jumping out of it. But but for me and and Fowl, we, we'll we'll um, tackle it full tilt. There's no doubt about that. Um, we've got Kevin Gilligan who's going to support us as well. Um, we've all been involved in the Ireland games. You know, it's, it's something that's not new to us. You know, we played coaching it. So, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. You know, as I said, we'll, 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 we'll give this a right good go. As I said, um, what I'll be like at the end of it, who knows? But, um, but ultimately, you know, right now, I've been sort of biting the season off in chunks for me personally. So it was about getting Guernsey FC safe, sorted that out. Now all I care about is the Marathi and, and trying to win that back. Um, and uh, once we've done that, then then we'll tackle the Island Games and, and uh, as I said, we'll give everything um, everything we can. Have you got a natural sort of timeline in what you what you need to do? I mean, obviously, Island Games squad and that needs to be selected, and Marathi's not far away. So I mean, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks, sort of just leading up to that 13th of May, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so the caveat for me to get involved, you know, obviously I've had a long season and get involved with an awful lot of stuff with Guernsey FC. So, so Fowl and um, and Kevin are, are helping massively on that sense. So, um, in terms of registering the players to the Island Games, that was the the first thing that needed to be done, uh, which is which is being happened. Kevin's sorting that, which is great for me. Um, I can have a little bit of a sort of chill down, um, but um, the Marathi's only around the corner, so you know we're talking days. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so so that's the first priority is, is was that Island Games registration, which is all sorted, no problem. And then uh, now what we've got to do is is get a group together and, and get them prepared for to win a cup final and uh, a very important cup final, one that, that sort of was taken away from us last year, and we need to put that right if we can. Um, and and then that's that's you know ultimately our agenda for the next few weeks. And as regards that sort of that home Island Games, you, you got to experience what it's like to win it on home soil as a player, under big foul as it turned out. Um, it's almost like getting the band back together, isn't it, 20 years on. But um, uh, you must be looking forward perhaps more to the the atmosphere of the games, the fact they're on home soil as well. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I was coaching, funny enough, with foul then as well, although when it came to the games, I was a player. Um, so I, I did see a little part of it, although foul basically took that on full tilt on himself. And and uh, that was an amazing experience, one I'll never, ever forget. Um, I don't think... Probably the players will realise and appreciate that um, situation until it actually happens. Uh, the way the events went, the way the week went was just, you know, <laughs> sort of historic, really. You know, so many, so many sort of stories, so many sort of conversations to be had around that, us winning that gold medal. And uh, it was an amazing experience that, I'll, as I said, I'll never ever forget. Um, I was absolutely whacked by the end of it. Uh, I'm sure Fowl was. And, uh, you know, here, here he is, poor bloke. 20 years on, um, 20 years older, and uh, you know, fair play to him. You know, as I said two weeks ago, he he, he said I'm I'm not letting my island down, and you know, I, that's probably why, you know, I had to try and sort out a few things because I needed to be with him. Tony Vance speaking to you there, Gareth. Um, yeah, as we say, um, yeah, no great surprise to see uh, see the Guernsey FC manager um, step up to the plate when his island needs him. And um, yeah, whilst he's probably still a bit weary after um, that long GFC season, I'm sure um, yeah, I'm sure the fire will start burning pretty strong as um, as yeah the days sort of tick along towards the, the Ratty. Well, 
it's only a few days till the Marathi, isn't it? And then the Island Games in a few weeks' time. Yeah, it's, you can you can understand why he wanted some time to consider it because it, it, he will be footballed out quite sooner. You'd have thought, but um, I just think the lure of, of coaching a, a Marathi and then the home Island Games is just it's almost too big to turn down. It's just a great occasion to be part of and. Um, and you just knew that the GFA wanted, basically wanted him involved. And if it wasn't going to be Tony, then I think, as he suggested, I think Big Fowl might have stepped into the breach anyway. But um, he's the man that um, I think everyone would expect to take it on because of the fact that GFC have sort of come to the end of their season just so close to the Marassi. There's not much chance of anyone else getting getting a squad together. And um, I mean, Vancey knows Guernsey football as well as anybody. And uh, yeah, he'll I'm sure he'll devise the best plan possible to hopefully uh, regain the Marassi Vars. And um, yeah, in the summer, it'd be great if we could have a, a gold medal to top it all off. That would help, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it's interesting to hear Tony say that he was doing a bit of coaching even uh, even then um 20 years ago and uh yeah obviously big foul in the sort of main role but there they are together on the sidelines they'll be this summer um yeah incredible longevity really um as much as you know i'm sure uh you know everyone in local football would like to see more candidates um kind of in the mix for for these island coaching roles um it's testament to to the efforts and the, the skills that those two have have uh, sort of put in and built up over the years that the same will be doing it. Yeah, and the, fa- the fact is they just love the game, Tony. You know, it's... it's uh I know that Tony Vance often talks about, you know, being tired and when's he going to get break from it. And yet, you know, he it's just the lure of being part of um, such a, a great sport and just a, a great occasion like we're going to have in the summer. Um, it's, it's something you almost, like you say, you wish more people put their hands forward for it. And yet... Um, I think for the best possible chance of being successful in 2023, I think they've got the right people at, at the helm. Yep. So there we go. Um, we'll hear, I'm sure, again from Tony in the next couple of weeks as we build up to the Marathi. Um, well, just a few days ago as well, we heard um, that there'd been a change in the coaching setup um, on the women's side of things as well. Richard Sutton, um, who's been in the role as uh, Ireland women's coach for a few years now and, and certainly had been sort of building up to the Ireland game, stepping away. Um, with GFA appointing Anna Govine and Katie Watson um, to uh, head up the women's setup going into the return of a uh, Marathi to Guernsey soil and of course the Island Games to come. Um, Anna, who's been uh, coaching with Sylvan's juniors, in fact, she was the first, we, we think the first female coach um, to win a league title last season with Sylvan's under 16s. Katie, meanwhile, her sister, um, who uh, was captain of Guernsey's women last year and uh, has plenty of experience on the playing side of things, or well, both of them have plenty of experience on the playing side of things um, and plenty of football pedigree as well Gareth. Yeah that's right their, um, their dad Andy's obviously been heavily involved in local football for, for donkey's years really and uh, yeah so they, they were born into a, a bit of a footballing or well, perhaps dynasty is the wrong word in Guernsey football terms but um, yeah they, they were born into being um, the, on the local football scene and um, it's great to see them take it on even further. Well, they've got a big task ahead, that's for sure, but very much they see it as a long-term project and they popped in to our podcast studio here at the Guernsey Press. Uh, and I began by asking Anna just how excited she is to take on the job. Yeah, now exciting times ahead. Um, yeah, well, we 
heard from uh, the GFA that Richard had stepped down, unfortunately. But, you know, with all of his hard work over the last six, seven years, he's managed to maintain a group of girls training on a weekly basis. So um, for us to have that opportunity to take the girls on and, and push them to the next level. But, yeah, we it's something that has always been in the pipeline for both myself and Katie to get back in coaching with the girls. So, so really pleased to to take up the opportunity really yeah awesome and, and for your perspective Katie obviously the Marathi made a return last year which was great to see we've got one back at home for the first time in ages um, obviously this summer and then an island games how has the build-up been up to the sort of last couple of weeks I mean have things been coming together have you been involved uh, I haven't been involved actually because um got injured during last year's Marathi so I haven't been training um, but we had our first session with the girls on Wednesday night. It was really positive. Um, there was a great atmosphere there within the girls. Um, and yeah, we're just really looking forward to now. I think the Island Games is the, the thing that we're looking most forward to. I think coming in quite last minute for the Marathi, um, it's going to be quite tough. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll just just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's your approach in terms of, of, of getting things together? Because obviously... Um, you've come in, you've got to name an Island Games squad as well. Will that be the same group that, that you use for the Marathi or is it, um, have you got that far in the planning yet? <laughs> we have given it some thought. Um, there are some players that are unavailable for the Marathi, so we'll select our uh, strongest 16 that we, we can um, and we'll just approach it over the next couple of weeks, get the girls organised, um, talk about formations and set plays and just, you know, that is going to be, like Katie said, um, just a match in preparation for the Island Games. Obviously, we want to compete and do well against Jersey, but for us, in this short period of time, it's just getting the girls organised and, you know, trying the best to perform on the day and then taking that experience into the Island Games fixtures. Yeah, and from your coaching perspective, and obviously we spoke to you um, last season, um, you did very well with, with Sylvans, or you've been doing very well with Sylvans with the under-16s then, uh, moving forward to under-18s. Yeah. Uh, does it feel like um, that this job, though, kind of taking the island's women's squad is something that you've always had sort of one eye on? Uh, well, yeah, definitely not. It's only really been in the last year or so that, you know, we've gained, I've gained a lot of experience through mixed boys football and been successful with the teams that I've had and then it's now looking what's the next steps and actually I'd always wanted to give something back to ladies football um, and actually really proud to to take on the role as a representative side and you know with our experience both myself and Katie being involved in women's football both playing and at different island games it's, it's just great to be able to to do it in a different way really. And Katie, you're in a sort of assistant coaching role. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of head coach is Anna? What can you say about her, her skills and, and approach? Um, well, like Anna said, she's gained a lot of experience over the last few years. Um, I've done a bit of coaching myself at Sylvan's as well. So, um, But Anna's had a, a few more years than me. So um, she's still the one that I go to if I, if I need ideas for training sessions or anything like that. So... Um, when we had the meeting with Gary Roberts the other day, we were talking about the makeup of the team and um, he said, well, who's who's going to be the head coach? And as the meeting went on, we kind of said, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll find somebody who naturally uh, naturally fits into that head role. And by the end of the meeting, we were like, yeah, Anna's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah do you feel yourself kind of gravitating towards that that, that top job <laughs> yeah well I think with Katie's experience of playing and knowing the girls it, it that helps and obviously we've got Scott Furbush involved who is um you know he's he's brilliant he's been with the girls coaching for a, a few years now yeah. and he he's definitely one that will put on a session and you know quite technical with his approach so really I'm just overseeing that and and helping but also a fresh face because Katie and Scott had both been there last year it's just then having someone almost new to the girls although I know a number of them it's just a fresh idea and a fresh approach as well for them so, yeah and yeah. you're saying you had your first session this week what what did you make of of the, the the well, I suppose the ability and the depth you've got in that squad. Yeah, I haven't seen um, a number of the girls for a long time, and also some of the new girls that had come through through the academy. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect, but I walked away from that that session feeling really positive and really pleased to be involved because some of the quality in the in the group is is really really good. Yeah, fantastic. And and Katie, for you, as we said, you were involved on the playing side last year. Yeah. I mean, it feels like there's been quite a few stop starts with women's football over over the last I don't know five ten years. Um, what what kind of state is women's football in as you, as you see it right now, heading into what is a, a really big summer? Yeah, like you say, it's been stop start for a, for a number of years now, and I think yeah, we're just looking for that thing to sort of ignite ignite it all again and hopefully yeah the the island games this year could be that yeah because it sounds like there's some really talented young players um on island um obviously uh, yeah at the, at the top end you've got that fantastic inspiration that may has provided mm -hmm. and and there are girls um kind of looking to follow in their footsteps by the sounds of it yeah both me and anna are involved in the junior girls academy as well so we've seen we can see the the next girls that are coming through and there are girls in there that who's aims are to be professional footballers there are girls in there whose aims are to be the next Guernsey footballers so it's you know it's really really positive those those girls and we can see what's coming through so now in the position that we're in now you know we're really positive that these girls are going to be coming through and um, the island team's going to be looking good for a few years. I mean, obviously, as you said, the, the Moratti uh, is going to come uh, come around very quickly. You've got a few more weeks after that to work with the squad um, before the games. Is it possible to put any sort of target on on you know what, what you're aiming for from those those two competitions? Well, I think um, looking at the Island Games group, we're in a group of three, so that gives us two games. Um, hopefully, games that we can be competitive in, but you know. We're there to give the girls an experience, and Katie said, something to ignite women's football in Guernsey. Um, whether we get results in the games, um, you know, obviously it would be a nice to have, but this is a start of something. If people can see us in Guernsey playing football and trying to compete and being organised and doing all the right things, then res results sometimes are a bit irrelevant. Um, and you know, we'll then look forward to seeing how we can progress the girls further. With the stop starts that have happened in Guernsey ladies football, you know, Katie and I are here to try and see it through consistently for a number of years, seeing the young girls come through, knowing that there's a pathway, uh, along with the work that Gerard does with the schools. And, um, you know, we can see more girls playing at club football. And then obviously with the inspiration of Maya, then we'll look to to help use her to 
to encourage girls to get involved. So yeah, the future is really bright. I yeah. think I think well, you know, the experiences that we've had playing for the island in Marathis and Island Games, we just want that for the girls as well. So yeah, for a number of years that hasn't happened. So I think that's our biggest drive to for coming back and well, we want to be good coaches first of all, but also we want to be able to provide the girls with those opportunities that we've had and you know some of the best memories of my life have been <laughs> from going to island games so um yeah we just want to be able to give that to another group of girls yeah and they've got a huge opportunity or a huge experience ahead of them this summer because um as a home games as, as well is, is another level entirely isn't it yeah the home games is going to be brilliant because of the support and everything like that and then um but yeah then hopefully in two years time we're a do we know where the Island Games is in two years' time? Uh, Orkney in two Orkney. years. It is always good going away as a team as well. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a different different experience. Some of these girls haven't been off Ireland as a group to play football. So, you know, these things are, are things we want to put in place, ready to prepare them. Away games and away trips are what makes a team sometimes. So, yeah, it, it's all looking to go on the right track. Yeah, what, what's your message, I suppose, to the sort of wider footballing community and, and anyone who's had any involvement in, in the women's game down the years? Is it is it to, to get behind your, your yourselves and your squad this summer? Yeah, we want people to come down and support us. Um, Katie and I know a lot of people through football. The amount of messages that we've had already wishing us good luck. So we just want people to come out and show us their support just for the girls and for us as well. You know, this is new for us, but... Um, we can't wait to see people around watching the girls play football, encouraging them, what, however it goes. You know, in the Marathi, we're playing straight before the men. So come and make a day of it and, and be really supportive of the girls that are going out there to Foots Lane, a big stadium that some of them wouldn't have experienced before. And then, you know, stay on to support the men. But, yeah look at where our fixtures are in the island games and hopefully people can come out and uh, spend some time supporting us yeah i think that's it we've had like Anna said we've had lots of messages of support already and that's come from all sorts of people through through football it's not just people that have been involved in the women's game you know we've had a lot of message obviously from guys at sylvan's and um you know we, we had a quick chat with tony and you know it's yeah it's really nice to feel that that support for us as well, taking this on. Yeah, that's that's great. And then on, on the Marathi side of things, um, the fact that the games are being played for the first time at the same venue on the same day, is that a positive for you guys? Yeah, it can only be positive, really. Just, you know, people sometimes forget there's, there's two Marathis and um, for it to be at the same venue this time it is huge. Um, for the girls to play at Foots Lane especially, um, we just hope that people will come and fill the ground starting early and making a day of it because, you know, it's so important to be able to say to someone it's the Marathi on this day and there's women and men playing. It's, it's great. Yeah, I think, you know, you've seen from the Guernsey Raiders when they have a, a women's and a, a men's game together, they get good good crowds at both. And, you know, that whole Siam feel of it being a whole weekend of football. So hopefully we can... Yeah, bring a little bit of that atmosphere to the Marathis this year. And just finally, um, you know, I suppose at one stage the with that whole kind of goal 21 project, the idea was that, that the Island Games would be a, some, somewhat of a destination <laughs> um, uh, for a journey that, that would build up towards it. 
for whatever reason, it hasn't quite transpired that way. And I suppose the pandemic has a role to play in that. You know, there, there are possibly other factors as well. But for you guys, is this is this now a starting point? Do you, do you want to, as you said before, Anna, is this a job that you see yourselves in for, for a few years to, to kind of get things moving in the right direction? If they'll keep, if they'll keep us, <laughs> let's see how we get on. But no, um, yeah, we're here for, yeah. However long they want us, really. Yeah, and the thing... What I will say is that, you know, Katie and I have been playing and we've come into coaching. We want girls to follow in our footsteps as well. There's people that have fallen away from football, either through injury or other commitments, and we'd like to see more girls or females getting involved in coaching. So whilst we're here, we we want to build a team of female coaches for the future you know Tony's in a position where he's done GFC there's going to be a time where he's not going to carry on and it's the same for us we can't do it forever so the the earlier the girls can get involved in coaching then that's the better for us because then we can you know get them involved in in these experiences brilliant well thanks very much for coming in for a chat um congratulations again and good luck thank you <laughs> we'll, we'll be following your progress of course very closely um here at the press and um yeah we'll speak to you ahead of the marathi uh which is pretty soon yeah <laughs> thank you anna govine and katie watson speaking to me there um the new coaches of the island's women um yeah gareth uh, you know great to see them involved um obviously uh, as, I, as i sort of mentioned in the interview you know, women's football in the island, there've been, well, there seems like there've been quite a few real stop-start moments. Um, it hasn't really, you know, that the island representative stuff hasn't really picked up any momentum in the last few years. Um, but in these two, um, yeah, it's got every chance to um, to get going. And it's great to hear that they they want to, yeah, kind of put the spark back into it. Yeah, I thought they spoke really well, actually, Tony. It's, um, like they say, it's, it's not, you know, people might look at sort of the short-term thing, the, the Marathi's coming up in a couple of weeks, but actually it's, it's pretty much a long-term project. And um, the way girls and women's football is going, it's sort of, it's, it's on the up throughout, um, not just Guernsey, not just Channel Islands, but um, throughout the whole, um, out the whole of the world, really. And um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it needs people with the, the enthusiasm to sort of bring it forward and get more people involved. And um, I mean, Anna and Katie have been involved in local football for years and years and years. But um, a lot of that have obviously been as in, as players. Um, Anna's obviously taken that on to coaching the the Sylvans junior ranks, and uh, Katie's obviously now getting involved in coaching as well, which is great to see. And uh, I think you couldn't really ask for two better um, coaches to be taking on the the island women's role. And uh, yeah, I wish them all the best. Well, plenty more Marathi and Island Games football build-up to come here on the Guernsey Press Football Podcast and in the pages of the Guernsey Press, of course, as well. Um, Gareth, I mentioned Alex Scott at the top of the pod. Uh, yeah, another phenomenal uh, few days for him. Uh, named EFL Championship Young Player of the Year at their end-of-season awards. Uh, named as well in the Championship Team of the Year. Um, yeah, fantastic recognition and, and, and yeah, and so well-deserved. It just shows... Uh how big an impact he's made, doesn't it, really, Tony? He's, um, he, it's, in some ways, it's almost hard to believe he's still a young player because he seems to have been around for so long already and he's so mature for someone of his age. But, uh, yeah, it's great to see um, Alex getting that sort of recognition. In, it must be a, a pretty hard-fought category, really, because, I mean, the Championship is such a competitive league and there's a lot of people making an impact as clubs try and sort of make that step up to the Premier League. But uh, yeah, Alex is obviously, he's getting very well known throughout the whole of uh, English football and uh, 
it's almost no surprise to see him pick up that award, to be honest. And it generated quite a bit of chat on Twitter um, last night. Uh, one of the other players in contention for that award, um, Ahmad Diallo of, uh, of Sunderland, who's on loan from Man United, when he missed out, <laughs> tweeted, young player who? Um, which uh, obviously uh, generated some interest, which we say, from the Bristol City fan base, um, who um, sort of let him know with both barrels. Um, yeah, probably Diallo not covering himself in glory uh, with that effort. But um, yeah, he's obviously had a fantastic season. But yeah, it's interesting is that the, the sort of differing stories, you know, someone who um, arrived at Man United with a big price tag has been out on loan a couple of times and, and um, yeah, doing well with Sunderland um, this season. But yeah, Alex's trajectory, um, perhaps moving in the other direction. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, any championship, serious championship watchers uh, or most serious championship watchers would would question where that award went, I think. So there we go. Another great moment for Alex Scott. Um, not such a great weekend for GFC in the end. Um, yeah, they uh, they finished their season with a fairly heavy defeat away at Bedfont Sports. Um, so uh, yeah, a bit of a... Uh, a day to forget, I guess, but yeah, they'll still reflect on a, a job well done to have survived in the Isthmian South Central. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things. I know that sort of after they guaranteed their survival, Tony Vance talks about sort of wanting to finish on a high and, and sort of get three point, uh, get get uh, three wins out of their last three games. But um, I think after that, the final home game, I just think the adrenaline probably went from GFC. It was very understandable. They had so much work to do sort of in mid-January to even stay in Isthmian South Central that they worked so hard to achieve that with sort of those three games left that there wasn't probably much more in the tank in the last couple of games. I mean, they still had to play three games in the last week. So it was no huge surprise to me that they, they didn't win in those last two away games. Obviously, a 6-0 defeat is probably a bit heavier than what they would have um, expected. But um, in the great scheme of things, it didn't really mean an awful lot to them. And um, the fact is that they've retained their status and that was all that really mattered to them. Yeah, and it was a, an interesting final weekend um, in Isthmian South Central. We sort of speculated a few weeks ago, didn't we, that with um, Basingstoke and Walton and Hersham, the two title contenders um, coming to Footslay and that, that GFC would have a um, perhaps a significant say in the uh, destination of the title. And, and so it proved as well that point um, that GFC gained against Walton and Hersham, perhaps, or the fact that Walton and Hersham failed to win it, but saying coming back to haunt them somewhat because um, Basingstoke pipped them to the post um, at the uh, the death, um, conceding a last minute or 90th plus minute um, equaliser away at Thatcham Town to draw there with Basingstoke um, winning their game. Uh, it meant they uh, topped the table by two points. So um, yeah, Walton and Hersham into the playoffs where you'd imagine they're, they'll fare well and, and, and will still go up. But um yeah, quite a dramatic end to the season there. At both ends, I think, Tony, yeah. to be honest. It was, um, yeah, Basingstoke, probably, I'd probably argue they're probably the biggest club at that in, in the division apart from GFC because when you see the sort of the attendances they have and what have you, it's obviously a, 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 a an ambition of theirs to get higher than this level and um, they've achieved that. Like you say, I think Walton and Hersham will be pretty much red-hot favourites, whoever they get to face in the playoffs and what have you. Um, but yeah, and uh, Bedfont, who beat GFC on the last day, ended up getting relegated um, in another sort of close race there. So it's, it was a very dramatic final day. And um, I'm sure Tony Vance was absolutely delighted that it had absolutely no say on Guernsey FC's final position in the end. Yeah, exactly. GFC um, finishing up then in 15th, um, 40 points to their name, 10 wins, 10 draws, 18 defeats. Um, 
Finally, let's just turn our attention to um, domestic matters then. Um, the Premier League season um, coming to a close this week, um, somewhat petering out a couple of home walkovers um, with Alderley not travelling down and um, and other games perhaps not um, f- failing to ignite, shall we say. Um, but there is a big occasion on Saturday, of course, the um, offshore commercial Guernsey FA Cup final, um, which will see North and Rovers go head to head. And that will be an interesting one. Particularly uh, interesting to see whether uh, North are able to draw on some of their GFC players as well, because that could make a big difference. Yeah, and I, th- I think they'll certainly try to. Because I mean, they're, they're going to be um, pretty tired, I'd have thought, North, because they played Friday night against Sylvans. They finished their league campaign tonight um, at home to Bells in the Premier League. Uh, Rovers will have a bit more of a rest going into the FA Cup final, but um, you'd imagine you know, the likes of perhaps Sam Murray and uh, Brandon Wallace will be involved in in the cup final they they have turned out for north on several occasions a piece sort of like throughout the season so it's uh, it'd be um It'd make it a, a very interesting occasion on Saturday and uh, it's, it's not one I'd like to call, to be honest. I mean, I always think that North probably have the strongest 11 if they get everyone out um, on the day, but um, I imagine Archie Drillo will now be suspended. He got sent off against Sylvans on Friday night, so um, it could be a, an interesting one. And obviously Rovers uh, are looking for a, a domestic League and Cup double, so um, I wouldn't really want to bet against them, that's for sure. Yeah, that one, uh, two o'clock kickoff at Corbett Field, um, more build-up in the paper um, this week. And we'll be down there with the camera as well um, to film that one. Staying with North, um, just a congratulations to their youngsters because they sealed the under-18 league title uh, last week as well, um, lifting one of the best shields, I think, one of the best trophies in, in Guernsey sport. One of the biggest shields, <laughs> I think. It must be pretty heavy, that one now. They keep uh, they keep adding all those uh, extra shields onto it, the, the little uh, memento one. So, um, yeah, congratulations to them. They're, they've now got a, a Pompey trophy match to look forward to but that was a hell of a league campaign that under 18s because I think right up until the last few weeks there was about four out of the five teams could win it so um, yeah congratulations to North they needed to win against Sylvans in their final game and having gone 2-0 up very early on they were pegged back to 2 all um, but uh, three goals in the second half um, at the KG5 saw them saw them lift the trophy yeah good stuff congratulations to them and a, a few more pieces of silverware up for grabs this week and we've got a few more cup finals Yep, there's um, several Junior Cup finals this week. Sylvans are playing North in the Normandy final on Tuesday. That's the under-16s. That's at the track at 7.30. The following night, on Wednesday night, is the under-14 Martin Leprevo trophy final between North and Valrec. That one's at St Peter's at 6 o'clock. And um, the Old Vic under-18 final between North and St Martin's is on Thursday night at the track at uh, 7.45. And there's also the Railway Shield final that night on Thursday between the London House Bells and Rovers. That's at Northfield at half seven. So it's um, it's coming to that time of the season when there's a lot of uh, finals being played uh, all in quick succession. Yeah, very busy week. Good luck to everyone um, involved in um, showpiece finals this week. Right, I think that's just about it from us for now. Um, we'll be back next week. I can't tell you what day. It's a Maybank holiday. So we'll uh, we'll take a view on, uh, on when we do it. But um, yeah, we will be back. We've got a couple more um, Going to Press Football podcasts for you this season. Um, obviously with the Marathi uh, and Upton still to come and yeah the Marathi just a, a couple of weeks away so um, yeah it's gonna be an exciting couple of weeks um, stay with us um, for more here on this feed and uh, don't forget to pick up a paper six days a week um, for the very best local sports coverage our thanks once again to Rehoy um, and thanks to you Gareth cheers Tony cheers